0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins.
1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Running game with Josh Jacobs. We do a lot. But a lot of uh, I'm not buying it. The only thing to note would be let's monitor this Ezekiel Elliott situation and and his injury and in this talk about you know will they or won't they rest him some or uh, it's something to notice. Let's see how he gets used in his next game. But uh, that was really my takeaway. Otherwise, you kind of saw what you saw. You, know, you got a big game from Dardo Mooney, big game from the from Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup with no Lamb and Cooper. Uh, the Bills absolutely stomped the Saints, so you kind of got what you expected uh, on Thanksgiving, at least from a fantasy perspective.
0: So since we are going to switch gears into to the Sunday slate of games. Let's start with what was one of the more lopsided scores of the day. The Bengals beat the Steelers 41-10. to I think obviously the big story in this game, a career-high day for Joe Mixon. 28 carries, 165 yards, gets into the end zone twice in this football game. T. Higgins has a big game, six catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. Jamie, we've talked about this before with these Bengals receivers. It's kind of just a, a spinning wheel of which one's going to have the big game on a weekly basis and on how this is going to turn out. But you get six for 114 and a touchdown from Higgins and then Chase only goes three for 39 but Boyd goes two for 13 so it's obviously T Higgins day today for the
1: wheel to to land on him and on the Jamar note, I think Mike Tomlin talked about it earlier in the week of you know defenses are accounting for him more uh, they're making an effort to game plan Jamar Chase out of games and making other receivers beat them and in this game it was T Higgins and really it was Joe Mixon uh, Joe Mixon had another phenomenal game that's 58 carries now over his last two weeks they've shown uh, beyond a recommitment to the running game with Joe makes he's reward them with 288 yards and four touchdowns in those two games against the Raiders and against Pittsburgh. I had him as a top five running back this week. I don't know how you not have him as a top five running back the rest of the way. Uh, I mean, he has been absolutely phenomenal. He has stayed relatively healthy. He's now getting the workload that we've all expected. No, he's not a major factor in the passing game, but you know you don't have to be if you're getting 28 carries on the ground with his kind of talent. Uh, was nice to see Higgins have a nice day. And look, on the Pittsburgh side, you kind of got what you wanted from everybody but Najee. Uh, you know, Brett Firemouth gets in the end zone again, four for 40, and a touchdown from him. You know, Claypool has, has a big catch, ends up getting 82 yards on three catches. Deontay Johnson, PPR star, nine for 95. So you really kind of got from the pass catching threats what you expected. Rough game uh, for Najee Harris, only eight carries on the ground for him, 11 touches in total. Kind of game ship got out of the way because this was as bad as I've seen Roethlisberger look at any point in the last couple of years, and he's had some low points in that stretch. This might be the lowest.
0: Uh, the New York Jets beat the Houston Texans 21-14. to 14. I know may, m- most of you probably didn't watch uh, any of this football game. I happen to watch every snap from this football game. Uh, I, I will accept Sorry. your apologies. and Yeah, I, I accept all of the apologies that I had to watch this football game. And, Jamie, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's anything of note here in this football game to really talk about from a fantasy perspective. Tevin Coleman is the lead back in this Jet offense. Now with Michael Carter on iron is going to miss the next three weeks at least. Uh, he goes 16-for-67 on the ground. Uh, but it, it, he doesn't get into the end zone, right? He's not no, the running No,
1: Austin Walter did. Uh, I'm not touching Austin Walter. Don't care. Um, I guess that's, that was my piece of advice from the Jets' side. Uh, from Houston, next game. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you're starting Brandon Cooks was and n- nobody else. There was, no, yeah, there was nothing relevant. I mean, try Taylor football. as a super flex, fine. You know, <laughs> whatever. But otherwise, you're not, you're not playing anybody else. You're not playing Burkett. You're not playing David Johnson, Nico Collins. You're just not playing these guys. Jamie Eisner. Christopher Schubert. I'm angry with the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Why? Because of what their apparent game plan for Jonathan Taylor was in this football game because I understand who they were playing in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they spent the whole three-quarters of the game. He rushes the ball eight times, and on the touchdown drive in which they tie the game, they give him the ball a bunch, and he makes a bunch of plays. And it's like, yeah, he's really good. Give him the football. They they overthought it. And listen, there's so much to talk about in this football game. Leonard Fournette has four touchdowns, has a massive game. There's a lot. But I just I, – I understand. And you and I talked about this. You had Jonathan Taylor as your RB2 this. This week and you said the only reason why he wouldn't be rb1 is because of the matchup that's the tiebreaker. Yeah. but i did not anticipate the colts to be like oh we're playing the bucks just don't run the ball just don't give it to jonathan taylor
1: it's interesting because teams have kind of done that this year uh it's almost like the joking thing you would see on reddit where like if your team goes up against the number one rushing defense just never run the ball well teams have tried that this year and it's not really successful to be that one-dimensional and look and there's also a part of me that goes at some point To win football games, you have to line up your best men versus their best men and give your best guy the shot. And I would have liked to see Jonathan Taylor get that shot a little bit earlier in the game. To me, that's a coaching staff that doesn't believe in the talent of their player.
0: That's overthinking. Right. It's overthinking, as you said, Chris. I don't think it's that they
1: don't believe in Jonathan Taylor. I just think it's classic, like you said earlier, overthinking it. And look, Carson Wentz played okay at times in this game, also played horribly at times in this game. This was a wild – this was a wild game to begin with uh, across the board. Really, like – but kind of a disappointing game if you had Michael Pittman, four for 53, nothing special there. You know, Taylor gets in the end zone, has a nice day, a little over 17 points for him. So, like, he ends up getting you pretty much what you needed out of him in fantasy-wise. But a lot of that production went to, like, Jack Doyle or or, or Doolin that gets the 62-yard catch. T.Y. Hilton gets in the end zone for the first time of the year. Uh, you know, on the Buck side, it was really just two guys that really had a good day for them. It was Rob Gronkowski, 7 for one twenty threes, 23s, mm-hmm. who stepped right back in as the top five fantasy tight ends coming back from injury. And Leonard Fournette, who had 131 total yards and four total touchdowns. Like, he was an absolute stud in this game, and it was a huge reason why the Buccaneers were able to come back and win this football game. But a fairly subdued day for Tom Brady, nothing for Evans and Godwin. Seven combined catches for 40 yards. Uh, On 10 targets for the pair combined. So not what we were expecting there. But uh, there's really no actionable advice for these Buccaneer guys. I mean, it's not like you're not going to start Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's going forward. But, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette really, really continues to establish himself as a guy that you just cannot take out of your lineup.
0: Yeah, he's been really good, and you can see him gaining confidence as the year has gone on in this role that they have for him. And he, I mean, the the touchdown run to win the football game was just oh. a great play call. It was, it, he was, ran people over. It was, it was very impressive. Uh, the Dolphins, they beat the Carolina Panthers 33 to 10. Miles Gaskin gets it in the end zone twice. And Jamie, Jalen Waddle, nine catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tua, I, I thought, looked good in this game. Once again, I, again, I don't know how much fantasy value you're going to get out of him, 230 and, and the one touchdown. Uh, but Gaskin gets in the end zone twice, and that connection that Tua has with Jalen Waddle was on display in full force today.
1: Yeah, 10 targets, 9 for 137, as you said. Waddle is now... Definitely in wide receiver two territory going forward. Like that's where he needs to be ranked. Really nice to see Gaskin kind of re his fantasy value here over the last month or so. But to me, the story of the game is on the other side and it is twofold. It is one Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, uh rolls his ankle. Uh, does not play really at all in the second half of this game. Only career game without a catch had one target. Um, There's some weirdness that was going on in this game where they were operating a two-minute drill at the end of the first half. McCaffrey's just standing on the sideline as they're force-feeding targets to Amir Abdullah, which is, again, as the kids would say, not what you want. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on what this Christian McCaffrey ankle injury is. Uh, it's It's disappointing. It's not what you want to see. Obviously, he's dealt with his fair share of injuries here over these last couple of years. But the Panthers are on by next week. So we'll have a little bit of an extended opportunity to get healthy. But uh, the other news here is Cam Newton got benched and his stat line of five for 21, 92 yards and two picks. OK, that's what it was.
0: Yeah, but I watched a good portion of this game uh, via red zone. That Carolina offensive line Wasn't very good Again I'm not saying That Cam did not play poorly He did But P.J. Walker came in And like three of the first Four dropbacks that P.J. Walker had There was a defender in his face So it was Also P.J. Walker
1: sucks Also true it was great Agreed. in the XFL, not so good in the NFL. No, yeah, I, I, look, I'm not absolving the Panthers' offensive line of their issues, but Cam Newton was terrible in this game. And again, there was also you know passes that go through receivers' hand. Like there's, there's, it's, it's never just one player. But Cam Newton was objectively terrible in this football game. But uh, if you started him, you're in bad shape. But luckily, he at least got you that six-point rushing touchdown, so you weren't, so you still had a fighting chance. But um, this is a this is a classic like throwaway game for Carolina, you know, DJ Moore got four for one Oh three, but most of it came on that 62 yard catch uh, in, in the first quarter there. So yeah, uh, it just, it is what it is, but this Carolina team is very bad. Uh, They are, by the way, I'm going to say it. They're a poorly coached team. Um, And the shine on Matt rule and Joe Brady has definitely worn off over the last two months.
0: Uh, Jamie, I have a question for you is, uh, is Mac Jones a relevant fantasy quarterback for the remainder of the season?
1: Not in sitting quarterback formats, no. Because
0: he's another, he's a big game today. 3 two touchdowns. Patriots uh, just putting themselves in the conversation to be the best team in the AFC. Uh, the running game for New England plays out exactly how we kind of have talked about it playing out. In which, when, when when Damian Harris is healthy and you have Ramondre Stevenson, it's tough to figure out who's going to end up getting into the end zone. Uh, it's Damian Harris this time. Uh, and then Jacoby Myers, a big game. Kendrick Bourne catches two touchdowns. I mean, it, 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 Just a good game all around from this New England offense.
1: Yeah. Uh, and look, Tennessee was playing beyond shorthanded in this game. But I'm looking up right now because, yeah, Mac Jones had a really nice real life day. Um, right now, uh, he's going to finish, depending on how Monday night football goes, he's going to still finish as a top 10 quarterback, but still only 21 and a half fantasy points. So uh, it's interesting. It's good. And we're starting to see more of that lately. But I still don't see in a single quarterback format me being very comfortable starting him on a weekly basis. But he's absolutely in super flex relevant. Uh, look, Kendrick Bourne continues to be successful. He's a guy we've talked about a lot of those waiver wire shows. We'll probably talk about him again here on Tuesday uh, when we when we record that episode. But gets in the end zone twice. A really nice tiptoe play down the sideline for one of them. Jacoby Myers five for ninety eight. You know there is Hunter Henry should have had a touchdown in this game. I don't know if you saw the throw that Mac Jones misses. Hunter Henry could not yeah. have been more wide open and it was just a, a scenario where just he overthrows it but uh, so I wouldn't worry about his subdued game as well. The opportunities were there. Demon Harris saves his day gets in the end zone and gets you to double digit fantasy points, but um, you know on the Tennessee side is where things get a little bit interesting because I, I mean you're just you just run out of talent at this well, point, like you know what's funny to me, Jamie a, what? They lose by 23 points, and they have two 100-yard rushers. Yeah, they rushed for 200-and-something yards. This game was closer than the final score. Like, this is a weird one. This game was closer than the final score indicates, but at no point did I feel like the Titans were going to win, if that makes any sense to anybody who's watched that game. Um, From a fantasy standpoint... I, I do think Donchell Hilliard is now showing that he's going to have a significant role. Shows some nice pop in this game on that long touchdown run that he had. Um, he gets 131 and, and a score. Deontay Foreman is still going to be the quote-unquote lead back there, and I, I expect him to get at least the plurality of the backfield touches for them. He gets over 100 yards as well. Um, you know, Westbrook Aquina gets in the end zone, but, I mean, I – Boy, ranking right on Tannehill going forward—it's tough. No Julio Jones, no AJ Brown. I mean, if you think about it, they're down their top three wide receivers from the start of the year, which was Brown, Julio Jones, and, and then obviously Josh Reynolds, who's now in Detroit, who we saw catch you know a touchdown pass from Jared Goff on, on Thanksgiving. But uh, it's bad. They don't have a tight end to speak of. They never—they didn't properly replace John Smith this offseason. Obviously, they don't have Derrick Henry. This is. This is a really poor team to have any fantasy value right now going forward. But because of the running back situation, I do think Hilliard and Foreman are at least players you will you will at least give a look at in flex spot for certain weeks in the right matchup, in the right scenario. Because I think this week is a good example of they're going to commit to the run game regardless of the score.
0: Uh, Jamie? I would like you to um, figure out what, what you want us to talk about in the Giants 13-7 to victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, you, whatever oh. you want to talk about here, we can talk about, but I leave it up to you.
1: Okay, so a few things. One, uh, this was far and away the worst football game I've seen Jalen Hurts play in his professional career. It was brutal. Uh, he had one play that where he's they're in the red zone. I believe it's third down. He scrambles to the right. Just got to throw the ball away. Just. Just this give is the play at the end play. of the get half, points. right? Yep. Just get points at the end of the half. Clock's running down. He just throws a pick. Um, this is a game that neither one of these teams deserved to win. But from a fantasy perspective, this was brutal for Hertz, but... He's still going to be a QB one for you going forward. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Keep an eye on the Miles Sanders injury. Looks pretty good here. 7.1 yards per carry on those first nine carries, but uh, tweaked something and did not play much in the second half. We saw Boston Scott score his uh, customary touchdown against the New York Giants. The, the Boston Scott versus Giants stuff is hilarious to me. I, I, it's, he just
0: always finds a way to do well against it, somehow, him. It's crazy to me.
1: Guys get hurt. It's, it's always weird. Uh, no receivers are relevant. Uh, Devonta Smith should have had a bigger game. He was open a lot in this game, and they didn't get the ball to him, including on the final play of the game. Uh, But, again, hold steady on Hurts, hold steady on Miles Sanders pending the injury, and hold steady on Devonta Smith. Uh, From the Giants' side of things, um, yeah, it's equally as terrible. Uh, Kenny Galladay is bad. I, I don't know where the Kenny Galladay from Detroit went, but he didn't show up in New York. And they're paying him for another three years after this one. It's bad. Andrew Thomas has more touchdown catches than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony combined. Is that a problem? I feel like that's a problem. See,
0: you know, see, you you did that. You should have let it linger there. You should have just said that. And we should have just moved on to the next game. But you you couldn't help yourself. You had to. You had to.
1: I also had 13 more rushing yards today than Darius Slayton. That's a fun fact. Uh, Saquon Barkley, not good. So, okay. So, I.
0: Obviously, I had the Jet game on, and I had Red Zone on the other the other screen. And I go back to I I go back to Red Zone, and they show an interview clip of Saquon Barkley getting interviewed after the game. And I'm like, the dude had 53 yards of offense. Yeah, the dude had one good carry.
1: Why is this the guy we're talking to? He had one good carry. What's going on here? That defense deserves some love for this game. I mean, really, I mean, they should just interview Jalen Hurts and ask him how how he felt about the Giants win. But uh, Saquon Barkley was not good in this game. Did have an explosive play finally, but I mean, he keeps slipping down my rankings in the week. Like, he's kind of going to keep slipping and slipping and slipping. Like, oh. he's not in bench territory yet, but he's in, like, just expect RB2 at best territory.
0: I, I can't to wait draft. to draft him. I can't wait to see the game of does Saquon Barkley fall out of Jamie's top 20 rankings at some point before the end of the season? I think well, we're trending actually, that direction.
1: Let me see where I have him right now. I've already started on my rankings, so I'm a lunatic. Uh, let me see just hypothetically where like the range he's in right now for me. Because look, this this is a this is a problem. Like, look, we told you not to draft him, but you don't always have to listen to us. I understand that. You're allowed to have independent thoughts or whatever, I guess. But, you know, if you did, you're kind of in a conundrum right now because of the the – I guess the mental capital, the draft capital, all this other stuff that you you've put in on him. Um, let me see here. So right now for next week, and I haven't factored in um, updated matchup totals yet. You know, he's get, he comes in right around RB fourteen ish.
0: Okay. That's it's where he's sitting. You, it, it, the slide could continue if he continues to play poorly, he could be outside that top
1: twenty. Oh, I can see it. Again, he's already, like I said, already outside that that uh, RB1 territory. So very interesting.
0: Uh, the Falcons, they go to Jacksonville. Uh, I did. I watched zero of this game. Red Zone didn't go to this game like at all. I, I barely saw it throughout the course uh, of the day. Uh, 21-14. Uh, Jamie, I think the thing of note here on the Atlanta side, another week, another big game for Correll Patterson. 16 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns, catches two passes as well. And on the Jacksonville side of things, James Robinson has a decent game, 17 carries for 86 yards. The only touchdown in this game goes to West Virginia legend Tavon Austin. Uh, LaVisca Chenault leads the team in uh, in catches, four catches, 53 yards. Uh, uh, Sorry, five catches, 33 yards. Led the team in targets with nine targets in this football game. I think that's a thing of note as well. Uh, But anything else that you want to note here?
1: Just the Cordero Patterson show, isn't it? I mean, like, you're not getting much from Kyle Pitts. I mean, Russell Gage, I guess you get some love there, but it it kind of feels like the Russell Gage show is up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, have those like seven for 64, six for 62 in a score, like he did here. Then he's got those games where he's got a nothing burger or five for 49. So it's, it's kind of tough to truly trust him on a weekly basis, but. Chris Patterson continues to be highly effective and again they're using him as a primary running back now where they were very much using him in a hybrid role earlier this off or earlier in the season. He's a running back first now uh, and he's finding some success gets in the end zone twice. Jacksonville is what it is. Um, you know Robinson was okay but he had a fumble um, so it kind of really that sunk his fantasy value a bit. Really nothing else. Like you're not I mean, Marvin Jones is now in on your bench territory. Miska Chanel gets a little bit more work, but he's, his average depth to target is nothing. Like James Robinson's really the only Jaguar you're starting on a weekly basis. I mean, period. Before we get into the afternoon slate of games,
0: we've also got Sunday night football ahead as well. Gotta tell you about our friends over at Lightbox. Jamie, have you started doing your holiday shopping yet? I have. Okay, so you've started your holiday shopping. Maybe maybe some, some of our listeners are behind with their holiday shopping. So say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of a sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds but are just great grown in a lab because of their process they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue as well as that classic white Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle jamie i know you're you're always looking for your outfit to sparkle visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment there's never a dull moment in the afternoon slate of games, Jamie, as the Denver Broncos beat the Los Angeles Chargers 28-13. to Patrick Chertan has two picks in this game. I know not necessarily something we talk about here on We're this We're going to pick yeah. six. Big game for him in this football game if you played the Denver defense. Uh, Jamie. What's going on with the Los Angeles Chargers? I feel like we talk about this every week. I'd like well, to figure this out as a group very,
1: here. Yeah, it was very interesting to watch in that late slate the Chargers charging and the Vikings Vikingsing at the same time, like in real time. Uh, it's amazing what these two franchises will do to lose football games. Um, it this this offense is. Boring right now. I don't know where the Joe Lombardi offense from the first month of the season went, but it's teams have figured it out, and it's really nothing special right now. You know, Herbert puts up at least a decent a decent game, uh, but not what you were hoping for for his standards. But. Uh, leads them in rushing actually with 36 yards on the ground, but Austin Eckler 6 for 68 and a score through the air. Jared Cook has a great catch in the back of the end zone, but subdued game for Mike Williams. Nothing special there. Keenan Allen continues to be the target leader, reception leader uh, from the wide receiver group it kind of is what it is. Like, I, I don't know. Like Mike Williams had that like flash again last week. And now he's going to kind of feel like a flex guy again. Like, I, I'm just, I don't know what to do with him. He's a, he's a tough guy to start. Cause you know what the upside is going to be, but you can't really trust it on the Denver side, both running backs took advantage of a poor run defense that the chargers have, which is going to be their Achilles Seal And has been all season Melvin Gordon, 83 yards, Javante Williams, 54 and a touchdown on the ground also leads them with three catchers 57 yards through the air. Um, I'm also going to take a victory lap on like all of these Denver. I don't really want to play any of these Denver receivers.
0: I, I was just going to ask you, like, Judy
1: I, I'm just out on all of them right now. I'm out on all of them. The quarterback plays bad. Bridgewater wasn't great. Left the game with the injury. Came back. Then you saw Drew Lock. He went, oh yeah, Drew Lock continues to suck. So like, let's get him back out of this game. Uh, Noah Fant hasn't been good. Like Gordon and Javante Williams are weekly starters. I'm not excited about starting any pass catching Denver Broncos that's not a running back. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Like this, I had all this is the cluster. If you remember, we we joked about this. We had all these guys clustered together at like 40. Uh, this is why. Like, I, I, I'm glad they spent all this money on these guys, and they're going to look really great catching passes from Aaron Rodgers next year, but right now it's a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got to get to next year when we're able to have uh, that conversation. Jamie, what a, what a great segue. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers beat the Los Angeles Rams 36-28. to I'm just going to list off the performances, because I think there's great performances on both sides. Stafford has a big game. Uh, Daryl Henderson catches a touchdown pass, has a decent game on the ground. Aldo Beckham Jr. gets into the end zone. Van Jefferson gets into the end zone. Cooper Cup doesn't get into the end zone, but seven for 96 ain't a bad on 10 targets. And then on the Packers side of things, Rodgers throws for two touchdowns. He runs for a touchdown. Randall Cobb, four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Again, Devontae Adams doesn't get into the end zone, but eight
1: catches, 104 yards for him. Just all of the people that you would have played, they played well. Yeah, you got plenty of fantasy value out of this game. And and don't panic about Aaron Jones. I know he was a late uh, active for this game. He wasn't going to get his full workload. That's why when I got asked a lot of questions about him, once it became known that he would be active, I was like, eh, and, you know, maybe not this week. Like, let's see how they're going to use him. They'll roll with A.J. Dillon. It's a cold game. And they did. 20 carries for him. Didn't do a lot with it, but he wore the Packers down a bit. Uh, Randall Cobb looked good, but he got hurt in this game as well. No real actionable advice on the Green Bay side. For the Rams, it was good to see both Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. get a little bit more involved. Both hit on deep passes, which really basically was their fantasy day. Um, I still feel the same about them as I did before. Uh, these are guys you're considering for a flex spot at best. But uh, again, I'm not rushing to throw Odell Beckham Jr. back in my lineup despite you know what the hype is going to be this week. Uh, better fantasy day for Stafford than real life day? In my estimation, I know he hits those two deep bombs, but Stafford was was very shaky in this outing and they had some garbage time late where they were able to take advantage when we got up big. So uh, really, just like you said, Chris, the stars were the stars in this game and really everybody that you would have feasibly started outside of Tyler Higby and Aaron Jones had nice days here.
0: The last game of the afternoon, before we get into Sunday night football, 49ers beat the Vikings 34 to 26. Uh, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries, 133 yards, and a
1: touchdown. Uh, running back, Debo Samuel. <laughs> running back so, Debo Samuel. Running uh, back Debo Samuel. Okay, we need to talk about this now. This is, not, this is a trend. And if you remember now, obviously, he has a groin injury. He says he's not too worried about it. We'll see what the, what the results come back. But right, I was going to get to that. Independent of that. I'm a little worried now. And I know this seems weird given the fact that he did another monster game. But he's not going to get two rushing touchdowns every game. No. I mean, I guess he's probably not going to get two rushing touchdowns every game. He is not being used, like, at all as a receiver right now. One catch, four targets. That's back-to-back weeks now where he's got one catch. Um, and obviously Brandon Ayuk has reemerged as that wide receiver one. Now he's got four rushing touchdowns in the last three weeks, which is again, you don't really, again, you don't care how you get the points, but in terms of like predicting for the future, right, you can't, I want the Debo yeah. Samuel from the first two months of the season. Correct. I'm afraid like that is more sustainable than the Debo Samuel of the last two weeks of the season. So that would be my only concern. You're not benching him or doing anything weird like that. But we're talking about a player that I'm going to have ranked as a top five wide receiver, if not top three, most weeks. So I do have a little concern there of that. like If if he's going to have to get all of his points on the ground, especially with Elijah Mitchell there and all this other stuff that they do – it concerns me that he's going to maintain that sort of value, but we'll have to see what happens with that. As I mentioned earlier, Brendan IU 3 for 91. He's somebody that, again, needs to be flex-relevant again. Bad game for George Kittle. It is what it is. He's been really good for you since he came back. Elijah Mitchell looks like a star.
0: The the Minnesota side of things, as my my, my app has frozen here with all of the statistics. Yeah, that the I
1: the me. Dalvin Cook injury doesn't look good. Um, no, I wonder separated
0: shoulder, dislocated shoulder. I think it might be a pec injury
1: actually. I know they're saying shoulder now, but I wonder if it's going to be a pec. The way the way he was like writhing in pain was was interesting. The way he got tackled, he kind of got like stacked up where like he was almost like folding himself backwards uh i almost wonder if if it's a peck issue i know they called it a shoulder but let's see what that is but that looks like it's going to be a multi-week thing um so those of you that have alexander madison in your roster he is going to be fantasy relevant next week right now in my way too early rankings i have alexander madison as a low-end rb1 um he's kind of right in this range where he might be 13 or 14, but like he's somewhere between like 11 and, and 14 for me for next week. So he's a, he's a must get into your lineup. Should Dalvin cook miss next week, which I'm anticipating Uh nice games for Thielen and Jefferson Conklin. Didn't have a big game, but got a lot of opportunities. Um, so I, I, I only got three targets, but there were a lot of opportunities and there were some holding things and some things that came back. So he continues to be a streaming option for you, but really this is all about Dalvin cooks injury and, if you have him and don't have Madison, start making some plans because I, I would be surprised if Cook is playing next week. One more game on the docket for us here
0: on the show, the Sunday night football game. Uh, but hey, next weekend, SEC championship game in Atlanta, Georgia. Damn, Georgia. What's, what's better than guys being dudes? The Draft Dudes podcast is going to be there in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. I'll be there
1: too, Chris. Jamie is me. going to. I will
0: be there. They're coming going to me. be there. They are Jamie's there to represent the T D N Fantasy Podcast. I think can I can I say that officially? Sure. I don't know. I, I'm I'm I, I'm making it a thing. Jamie Eisner representing the T D N Fantasy Podcast there at the SEC Championship game. So you got draft dudes T D N Fantasy, T D N represented at the SEC Championship game. Brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. They're bringing the party to the SEC Title Game next Saturday, December fourth. They're going to be hanging out, playing games, giving away swag. The CSX lot right across the street from the mercedes men's Stadium. So if you're going out to the SEC Championship game. See Bama, Georgia next Saturday. Head on out. Check out the draft dudes. Check out TDN. Uh, get some swag, play some games with everybody, and have a good time. All right, the Sunday night game, Jamie. It's, it's over.
1: It, uh, it, it
0: if that, thankfully, was something. Thankfully, it's over. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens pick up a 16-10 victory in this game. Um I don't Everybody know. sucked.
1: everything was bad like Jackson full, turns the ball over four times four interceptions um, nick, for lamar nick chubb gets 16 yards on eight carries um jarvis landry, jarvis landry, had, a landry had, a had a nice game mark andrews gets in the end zone catching a couple hero balls um you know marquise brownie 51 if you're in full ppr isn't bad it, this 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 was this this, this was just some bad football. This was some bad football. This was game was horrible. So if you did not have not a chance fun, to watch this, fun. if you like maybe went to dinner, good or enjoyed your life, or literally did anything else but this, I'm happy for you. Stick needles in your eyeballs, whatever it was, was better than watching this football. Jamie,
0: game. the first quarter took an hour. It's it like for I was watching nothing. college football. There was a, there was a stretch in the first quarter in which they called three straight penalties because the Browns couldn't get the right number of people on the field for a punt play.
1: Put it this way, the because we release our – if you're a, a long-time viewer, enjoyer, purveyor of the Draft Network's content, you know that during the season we drop our brand-new shiny mock draft at halftime of Sunday Night Football. And in this particular week, it is, it is from the good old Joe Marino, his fourth edition of his mock draft. So I am very aware of about what time halftime starts, okay? Halftime did not start on time. <laughs> but luckily, we had nine whole points. We got to trade our sanity for three field goals. Yeah, it was so, not fun. But it was not a fun game. Ravens get the win. Uh, Baker Mayfield looks terrible. Um, really, not much to take away from this game. Like, again, not a good one for Chubb. You know, Hunt got some decent amount of work in his first game back, but this was a bad game across the board. Uh, I'd be a little worried if I had any of these Browns playmakers, though, maybe not Chubb, but everybody else, because this offense looks completely out of sync right now. They they lost Jack Conklin early in this game as that line continues to suffer some injuries for the Ravens. I don't know what's up with Lamar, man. Uh, I know he had the illness. He missed the game last week. He wasn't really all that special uh, in the game against Miami back on the 11th. Um, you know, he's had a good fantasy season, but he hasn't had and he's had a pretty good fantasy season, but he hasn't quite lived up to the very, very high expectations I had for him in the preseason. He's still been very good, but we're we're seeing a few too many of these like down performances for him to to be a guy that you're there's a no-doubt starter every single week. His uh You know, his points per game are actually – I think he still might even end up at at the end of the week as the QB2 or QB3 in average fantasy points per game. So, again, we're splitting hairs when we talk about this. But, uh, you know, looking over his schedule here, these uh, few too many games here. He's got one, two, three of his last six games have featured under 17 fantasy points, which is not ideal for your elite QB1.
0: Well, that's all I want to talk about Sunday night football. So, if it's okay with you, I'm going to get us out of here and let everybody know Tuesday we're back. Waiver wire rankings, Jamie's week thirteen rankings. Uh, we will get into all of those. Talk about the players uh, that that stand out to us as Jamie puts all of these together uh, for Tuesday. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media?
1: At Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram and at the sec championship game if you want to yell at me about saquon barkley in person we already talked about that earlier but uh that's another way you can communicate with me i'll answer all of your fantasy questions um if you want my advice (laughs) it wasn't a great fantasy week uh but i had a really good week last week this week i i finished 11th in the fantasy pros competition for last week i do not think i'm going to finish 11th this week
0: uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at True Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. the DraftNetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab is where Jamie drops all of those rankings. And you heard him at Jamie Eisner on Twitter if you want to tweet at him uh, because his advice maybe left you astray this week. All right? So that's you just go tweet at him and let him know. Uh, we're back on Tuesday, everybody. Have a great start to your week.